0: children and don't let them fall by the side of the road Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to this evening's Bible study, the After Christ Christian Center. I'm Pastor Lois Ellis, and in the absence of uh, Apostle Rudolph Ellis, my husband, we run the After Christ Christian Center in Detroit at 3331 Finkel. Just um, want you to relax, get your Bibles out. We're going to be going for the fourth uh, week in a row. We're going to be going to Philippians, where we've been doing chapter by chapter study of being anxious for nothing. So today, before I get started, I'd like to uh, begin with prayer. And if anyone out there uh, needs prayer, we just going to pray that you would be healed and delivered and set free and minds over to receive what God has for you today. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for who you are in our life. I thank you for today being called today and that we're here to witness this day. And we're choosing to be glad in this day. So Father, we thank you for all that you've done, all that you brought us through all that we our eyes have seen and our ears have heard. And God, we're glad about it today that we're still here to give you praise, to give you the honor, to give you the glory for what you're doing in the earth, in your people everywhere, the body of Christ. I speak healing to the body of Christ, even right now, oh God, in the name of Jesus. As everything open back up, let people be cautious. Let people be aware, let them be careful, oh God, to uh, go by the guidelines that have been set in order to be able to live and have a good life. So Father, we thank you for all things that are working together for good to them that love you and called according to your purpose, oh God. We give you praise now and we ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Listening audience, we're gonna go uh, directly to Philippians chapter 4. I don't want to prolong the time and we are going to just get into what we have been talking about for these uh, four last four weeks on a Wednesday. And I just want to bring, uh, just give you a little bit of clarity and go over a few of the things that we've already talked about so that you can be up to date. If this is your first time tuning in, you can be up to date on what we are talking about. And then Philippians, uh, uh, Paul was just encouraging them from prison to be uh, anxious for nothing. In these days, you know, we get anxious and we get excited about and we get overwhelmed with situations and things that are occurring in the earth. And we and there's really nothing we can do about what's happening. All we have control over is what, what's in your life and the surroundings that God has placed you in to do the best that you can do and to become the best you that you can become in Christ Jesus. So, Uh, In chapter one, we talked, we talked the first week in chapter one of Philippians, we talked about the single mind and that in Philippians, we see God as our pattern. He's our pattern. And Paul was demonstrating and live the life so that he can he can say, follow me as I follow Christ. And so he was demonstrating how to live, how it was for Christians to live. And he was just employing them and begging them to be more Christ minded. To have the mind of Christ. And in chapter two, it talked about the submissive mind. The submissive mind. It's our pattern for living. And in chapter three, it was talking about the spiritual mind. Our golden life. That's our golden life. And in, in each one of these books, Paul made an example of what he was striving for. In one, he said... For, uh, for the, the main verse of scripture in chapter one was Philippians chapter one, verse 21. Where it says that uh for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So we see, see Paul in one, our purpose in life is to live for Christ. That's our job. It tells us that we were put in the earth to be examples of Jesus Christ. That's our purpose. We're called here to do God's will. We don't know that. In the beginning when we first come But we learn that down through the years As we learn who Christ is to us And then two He says our pattern for living God is our Jesus is our pattern for living It says the key in the main scripture In two is two and five Let this mind be in you Which was also in Christ Jesus In Philippians two and five And so we discussed that A couple weeks ago and, And then last week Wednesday, we talked about the spiritual mind. Our goal in life is to be more like Christ. And the main scripture there Paul went to was uh, Philippians chapter 3 verses 10 that says that I may know him. That I may know him in the power of his uh, resurrection. That's what Paul was saying. We are uh, 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 to be encouraged to be more like Christ. Our goal in life is to Fulfill our destiny and our call where God called us to, wherever he's called us to. And Paul is saying, learn to be content. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't be anxious. But God is doing a work in us constantly, daily. And so this week, it takes us to Philippians chapter four. And we have another mind. My Paul was talking about in Philippians chapter four is a secured mind. Our strength in life. The power, it's power, our strength in life. And putting the main scripture in Philippians 4 is 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So we're gonna go to Philippians chapter four and we're gonna go right into what Paul was asking them to do and how they can do it. And it's not impossible for us, it's not overwhelming for us, but we take it one day at a time line upon line, as we obey the scriptures, we're seeing that Christ is being formed in us. If we obey what the scriptures tell us, if we're applying ourselves to learning what the scriptures want us to do, we have to make up in our minds to be single-minded, not double-minded, but single-minded, and then submit ourselves to obeying the Holy Spirit in us that leads and guides and directs us to have a submitted mind, to obey the scriptures. And now when you walk in the spirit, it tells us in Galatians to walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That simply means obey what the scriptures say for us to obey. We're we're, we're going to be reading from Philippians chapter four. And it says, I employ Erodius and employ Senezius to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now he's telling you how to do this. Even though he was giving instructions for them, he was telling us how to do it. He wants you to be of the same mind. And what mind is that? The mind of Christ. We're to have the mind of Christ. And it says in in, in, uh, verse three, it says, and I urge you also, true companions, help these women who labor with me in the gospel with Clemens also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul was telling them, whoever God has placed you near, learn how to work with people. Learn how to live with them in love, your husbands, your wife, your children, your employees, and those that you work near, your neighbors It's telling us Paul is telling us how to do. It says, be of the same mind. What mind? What's the by the word of God says to love one another. I don't care who they are. We can show love to whoever. It's our choice. Remember, in our scriptures we talk about, in our Kingdom Recover book, three talks about making a decision. We got to constantly be making decisions to choose to obey the word of God. And That's in every area because whoever God placed you near, is. For you to win that soul if possible. God placed us near people. He causes situations and circumstances to arise in our life. That we win people to Christ. And it's through our behavior. And it's through our submission to uh, 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 the Holy Spirit leads us to do whatever it's necessary. Paul said, I became all things to all men. That I might win some. Whatever it takes. If, you, if it takes you coming down. If it takes you being pleasant, if it takes you being extra nice or going the extra mile, we're to do that. We're to do exactly what the scriptures tell us to do, if all possible. And it says, okay, let's go, let's go to verse five in chapter four. It says, let your gentleness look, you have to allow the fruits of the spirit to begin to work in your life because God is working out of us the hardness and the behaviors that we came to him with and he's working in us the fruits of the spirit, the attributes of God, the attributes of Christ, that that we saw him demonstrate in the scriptures as he reached out, as he spoke in gentleness to people, as he was kind to people. These are the things that Christ tells us to do, that we might win some. We don't know how our conversations or our lifestyle affects people, but God is telling us we're on display at all times that we should be uh, uh, acting in love and being Christ-like, having a single mind, not being double-minded, choosing whether or not today you're going to be up and or down, but choosing to have the same behavior working you every day. So people will say, well, today I don't know where she's coming from. Well, I don't know what she's doing. I better not go for touch, t- Say something to her because that attitude is up and down. No, we got the mind of Christ. Every day we should be And a loving spirit, gentleness, kindness, and all of these things. We're training ourselves in this life right now, getting ready and presenting ourselves before the Lord when He comes forth. We're we're in training. We're in training. We and we're learning how to become mature Christians in the Lord. We have examples. Paul was an example, Christ was an example, and so our behavior. Should be demonstration of Christ's love And what he's doing in us And in Acts chapter 17 verse 28 It says we have, we live and move And have our being in Christ So that we have an, our being in Christ That behooves us to be When we take on these um, fruits of the spirit God is helping The Holy Spirit is helping us day by day To allow these things to be worked in our life We're in training the Holy Spirit is training us, helping us, and that we're yielded enough to obey the scriptures, that they become part of who we're supposed to be. And that's Christ's life. Verse 5, it says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Christ is coming. One day he's coming. I don't care how long it's been spoken of. I don't care how men may they- fun of it that, well, they've been saying that for thousands of years. The Lord never spoke anything in the scriptures and it didn't come to pass. It will one day come to pass, but I'm sure God is giving us time to prepare to meet him. He's giving us that time and he's giving us time to grow up in him that we reach other people so that they can be saved. This is not just for us. It's for everybody. Christ died for the world. He gave his life for the world. And then verse six, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And that's how we can allow the the, uh, the anxiousness that we feel or the overwhelmness that we feel in our lives from day-to-day situations and circumstances when they come. We can take it to God in prayer. We don't have to try to to handle everything. We don't have to try to fix everything that come our way. We can say, okay, God, this has to be done and this is overwhelming, but I don't have to be overwhelmed by it because I can give it to you in prayer. The Bible says, cast your care on God, on Christ, because he cares for us. And to cast, that word cast simply means to throw it. Lord, get rid of it. Don't just let it ponder around and, and and you know, stress you out. He said, cast your care. Throw it on God. Give it to God. God, I can handle this. Tell him right away. And, and then he tells us in verse, it says in verse seven, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guide your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He gives us a way out. He shows us how to do it. Give it to me. You can't handle it. We can't handle most things that come into our life. It overwhelms us. It stresses us out. And God never told us that we have to go through all this stuff that we put ourselves through. We have to have a verse in chapter four. It's talking about a secured mind. You know what that means? That we got the power and the strength in life. We have this at salvation, God gave us so many exchanges for so what we don't know what to do and it's being stressed out over this and overwhelmed with that and just, just, just up and down in life. He gives us the secure mind. If we allow it to be in us, God is our strength. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We don't have to be overwhelmed by our circumstances situation or either people, places or things. We don't have to. It's up to us and how fast you want to act on getting rid of that. Give it it to God. The moment it comes and I'm like, okay, God, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. And we give it to God God. And the moment we release it to God, and that's leaving it there, giving it to God and leaving it there and not picking it back up. Well, you might say, you might say, well, I don't know how to give it to God and not pick it back up. Years ago, the Lord, I asked God, because I was one of those people that I didn't know how to do that. Give it to God and leave it there. And God, and this is what the Lord told me. I don't know what He might have told you, and you're releasing things to Him, but He said, if you had a dress and you gave it to somebody, do you call them every day to ask them, what are they doing with that dress? And I said, No. And He said, Well, that's the same way. Once you give it to me, don't think about it anymore. And when it come across your mind, you tell the enemy, that is, that's not my problem no more. That's God's problem. That's his problem. So then the enemy can't bother you with what you've given to me. And that's how you get rid of it. That's how you don't worry about it. Or that's why, how you don't have to stress yourself out about it or be anxious about it. Give it to God. God gives us ways and, and he tells us what. Now, once you give it to him, then he tells you in verse 8 it tells you what to think on. They say, now look, look what he says. Finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. God tells us how to how to get rid of that off your mind. The enemy's trying to constantly bring it back to your mind. And remember, I told you last week, mind your mind. Don't let your mind just wander all over the place. Learn how to bring your mind back. Learn how to tell your mind what to do. You, Your, your mind is not running you. You're running your mind, okay? You're, you have to mind your mind by doing what it says in the scriptures with your mind when it begins to wonder all out of order and out of control. Now, we didn't know this before we got saved. So that's why your mind just ran, ran, check with you. It would run like it was on a, a train track. And we didn't know how to bring it back. We didn't know what to do. And a lot of times you feel like in that, when your mind is out of control like that, that you're losing your mind. Well, you really are losing your mind when you allow your mind to just do what it want to do. Let's go to uh, uh 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and it tells you it tells you how to mind your mind, really. It tells you how to do, and we're gonna read that. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1. And it says, Now I Paul myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, and that's what I'm doing with you right now. I'm pleading with you right now. And in meekness. I'm doing this in meekness and gentleness. I'm telling you how to deal with your mind. When your mind want to just be all over there, doing what it want to do, thinking on stupid stuff, thinking on how to see. And I've been there because some, almost 30 years ago, the Lord helped me with my mind. My mind would just run like that. And that's why the scripture, Philippians, became so important to me because I had to learn how to not allow my mind to just be all everywhere, everywhere I want to go is there with every negative thing, everything, and from that that leads to depression. And I used to be depressed because when you can't have your way in things, and so your mind begin to set up, and we babysit our mind, and we agree with our mind. No, we don't have to do all that. You can tell your mind you gonna you gonna you gonna obey God. And verse, two, I want to go to verse two. It says, "But I beg you." That when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. See, we don't walk according to the flesh. We don't let our mind tell us what to do. We're going to mind our mind and tell our minds what to do. Okay. Let's go to verse four. For the weapons of our Warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down stronghold. Now, this is the battle that's going on in your mind. This is when your mind is running rapid; it's just out of control. It's thinking about everything. You can't get a rest from one thing. Here comes another thing, and then they overlap, just overlap, and then your mind is totally just running, and you just throw your hands up beside your head like, "Oh." Oh, I can't get a control on my mind. It won't stop thinking. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. You're going to train yourself from this day forward about how to mind your mind. Make your mind mind you. Okay? It says, look, in verse four, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not counter, but that they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And it says, cast down arguments. See, when the mind goes off like that, these are arguments that are coming against you with every negative thing that ever happened to you. And you can't get control of it. And it begins to make you angry and you get so mad. All that is is the enemy playgrounding in your mind. That's where the battle is. It's in your mind. He playgrounding in your mind, but you don't have to have, let him be playgrounding in your mind. No. uh uh-uh. He having a ball in your mind. But you can stop it. This is what God says do. He tells us to do this. Look, he didn't say he was going to do it. He didn't say the Holy Spirit was going to do it. But through the Holy Spirit, you can do it. The battle is in your mind. All of this stuff that goes off, goes off in your mind. All that wickedness and all that plotting, all that scheming, all that remembering, all the bad things. What what it does, it charges you up and builds you up to want to fight to want to argue, to want to be mad. All of these things is right there in the battlefield of your mind. Okay, and it says, but you can cast it down. And verse 5, it says, cast it down. Arguments and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Now, the knowledge of God, if you got some knowledge in there, you got to have the word of God in your life to know how to cast it down. You got to. See, when you take something out, you got to put something back in. So if, you, if you're casting it down, then you got to say, I have the mind of Christ. Well, I'm going to think of these things. I'm going to think that of that good report that God told me that I have, that I'm healed, I'm saved, I'm delivered, I'm free. You got to have something there to move that negative thought out. I can do this. I can do all things. It's by the renewing of my mind that I'm changed. It's by the washing of the word that we're changed. If you got the word of God in you, you're constantly changing because you're training yourself to obey. You're training yourself to be the new preacher. You're training yourself to be more like Christ. That's what you're doing. When we be submissive to the word, when we obey the word, when we make a decision that we're not going to allow the enemy just to playground in our mind. No, he's not going to do that. He doesn't have to do that. You don't have to let him do that. So we have full control. God has given us the authority. He has given us the ability. He has given us the a power of the, of the living word. This, the, the word of God is living. It's quick. It's powerful. And it goes in to cast down or to remove all of those things that we're dealing with. It's powerful enough to do that. But you got to be aware. You got to know what the scriptures say. You got to be able to do that. You can't play around with them. Oh, I'm gonna go lay down and go to sleep, and it's just gonna go away. No, the devil don't just go away when he find out that you not saying anything. The word of God tells us: submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Now, when we submit to God, you submit to God through His word. It's the word of God that chases that thought or that behavior away, okay? You have to submit to God, resist. Now, resisting is that I'm going to put up some kind of resistance or some kind of fight to not to allow that. Now, you're going to tell your mind when it's doing all that crazy thinking. No, you're not going to think like that. This is what Christ told you to think. It said, let this mind be in me. I have the mind of Christ. I'm telling you what kind of mind I got. I got the mind of Christ. You're not going to come against what I just made up my mind to do. And that's I'm gonna submit to the word of God right here that says, I'm gonna resist you. You got to be able to tell yourself that. You got to be able to be bold enough with yourself to do that. Because we we want to play it like, well, I can't I can't do that. Uh yeah, you no, know, we did everything else we wanted to do when we was out there trying to be big and bad when we didn't know who we were, but we was telling people you don't know me. And Because you didn't even know you back then either. But now we know who we are. We know who we are. We're not suffering from an identity crisis like we was before we got saved. We suffered from identity crisis. Because everything that came along that we thought was bad, we wanted to be that. But today we're not suffering like that. We know who we are. We are men and women of God. We're awesome men and women of valor. Men and women, oh God, that's able to pull down strongholds. That's able to fight against and warfare, not with, with 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 a physical weapons, but with the weapon of the word. We have the word of God to pull down these strongholds. We have the word of God to settle those battles that are going on in the spiritual realm. We have the word, the spoken word of God. If we speak it, we have to speak the word of God and know that it's doing something in the spiritual realm. Verse six, it says, Okay, but look, let's go back to part B and five. It says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Look, we can do that. We can bring that thought in and tell it, you're not going to keep on running, wrapping in my mind, trying to set me up to do something, dumb." That's what we got to tell. See, this, we, we we have the ability to do that. We have the ability to tell the enemy, you're not going to plant these crazy thoughts in my mind to make, think I'm going to submit to that. No. I'm going to be the best loving person that God wants me to be. And then you begin to be obedient to that. You can do that. And it said, OK, to OK. And it says being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, do you really understand what that scripture is saying? You have the ability to pull down those thoughts, to bring your mind back into into a oneness with Christ. You can do that. It didn't say anybody else. It said you got the ability to do that. Okay, and in verse 7 it said, Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ, let him again consider this in himself that just as he is Christ, even so we are Christ. Come on. We can do these things that God said for us to do. Sometimes we get lazy. We don't want to do these things. And we want to just let the enemy just have a, have a field day in our mind, in our life. If you lose it, if your child is being obedient, you better go into the spiritual realm and tell that enemy, take his hands off of your children. Take his hands off of your finances. Take his hands off of your life. And you take back what the enemy has is, is taken from you. You don't mind coming into your house? Open up your doors and tell the enemy and every demonic force to get out of there because they're there. They run rampant. If we sit back as Christians and let this stuff happen, a lot of stuff don't have to happen if we take authority and we do what the scriptures tell us to do. And that tells us to know who we are in Christ. The Bible said that the violent, so we suffer violence, but the violent take it by force. And what that's saying you stop pity-patting around here in the natural. When, when, before you got in Christ, you were this big and bad. You portrayed yourself as all this strong man or woman, and you did things. You walked around like you own half of the world, didn't own nothing. But Christ tells you what you can own. He tells you what you can have. And we need to just stop whipping and crying and, 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 and just tell it, t- going to every Christian, You know, would you pray for me? No, pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Do the scriptures yourself. Do what it tells you to do. You're going to work me with doing it and you're going to sit back and do nothing? No, that's not going to happen. You're going to learn these scriptures for yourself. I'm not coming here every Wednesday to try to tell you, to build you up, to let you know who you are, for you to just sit there and do nothing. Come on. We need to get serious about this. We're in a real war. We, we're in a real battle here. These things are real. This isn't a, this isn't a, a playground. This is some segment of our imagination. We're dealing with a real powerful enemy here that has been in the earth for over 2,000 years. And he just fooled Christians. I look at people, I talk to them. You've been a wimp. You weren't that be in the world. You wasn't that wimpy out there on your job. You withstood everybody. You wanted everybody to think you was the baddest thing that came up in there. Come on, you get serious about who you are. This we're not. This is not a. This is not. This nothing uh, for us to be playing with. We need to come up, come up to who Christ that we are. We're mature Christians. We're mature people that know our. We should know our God. The Bible said, "The people that know that God, you gonna do exploits. Exploits are things around you. You handle it. God gave us the authority and the ability for us to handle these things. Say so you cast that down, you pull it down, you pull it down till your mind start lining up and stop doing all that running and wrapping. See, you know why I know for sure. I'm not just saying it because it's in the scriptures. I'm saying it because these are things that happen to me." These are the things that I didn't know about, but when I heard about it, I took, I said, boy, this thing got to work. It's right here. It's got to work if the word of God says it works. This is God's living word. We got to realize this word is powerful. This word isn't there just to be there for your reading. It's for you to study out. Not only are you going to study it out, you're going to take it as your weapon." You're gonna take this as this is what's gonna bring my deliverance. This is what's gonna cause me to walk up right here and not be not be brought down by this thing right here. The enemy been chasing me for all these years. But when I found out about this scripture, when I found out that I can tell my mind that you're not gonna do this to me, you're not gonna overwhelm me, you're not gonna run rampant in me, you're gonna tell your mind to obey what the word of God says going to be. And it doesn't. You can see we're in training. Is, you might not find out it happened overnight, but guess what? That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. You keep telling your mind. You keep telling it. You keep saying it. You keep doing it till you see the results. God is not a liar in his word. His word is truth. And we need to begin to know that. It's the word of God is true. These things make you. The Bible said in John eight thirty two. I think it's verse eight thirty two, and it said, "You will know the truth, and the truth makes you free." It helps you in your life to not to fall prey to the enemy's traps and his snares. And 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 we have another uh, study with one of the guys. He has a uh, program called Iron Sharpens Iron. And I really, do you really know what that means? Being around people that help you begin to learn who Christ is in your life helps you to become the people you need to become. These are the people you need to plant yourself around. People that's living this thing, people that's doing these things, that have you have seen deliverance take place in their lives. This is not a put on. Christ has delivered me, He's delivered me from so. Many things that had me bound, that made me think what was wrong with me, that I couldn't get victory in this area. It wasn't until I began to learn what the word of God said about a particular subject and I began to take it as mine. This word is yours all by yourself if you want it to be. You take it as far as you need it to go. You, you make it do, you make it obey what you put it out to do. The Bible said my word will not return to me boy. Do you really understand what that's saying? If you speak God's word to that situation, it's not going to return void. It's not going to come back negative. That means if God, if you put it out there, God, see God, God gave it to you in His scriptures, and it's for you to learn them, and for you to you put them to work. You put the scriptures to work; they'll work for you. You can have the peace you need in any situation. Whether it's going to the doctor, fighting battles, home upset, you speak and you declare God's peace in that home. The peace of God going to reside here. We're going to be a loving, care, gentle, meek. We're going to be a home of love. This home is going to radiate the love of God. And guess what's going to begin to happen? Everybody come to your house and say, oh, it's so loving, so peaceful here, so quiet, so, oh man, it's just you can feel the love here. You you make that happen. You have a secured mind. Do you know what the word secured mean? You remember now in chapter four, we're talking about the secured mind. You got the single mind in chapter one. You got the submitted mind in chapter two. And then three, in chapter three, you got the spiritual mind. And in chapter four, you got the secured mind. Now, all of these scriptures Paul was giving you how he did it. And I'm taking it like Paul broke it down to me as I studied it. Each, in each scripture, he pulled out scripture that was beneficial to him, okay? Remember, he tells you in chapter four, with the secured mind, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's in 4.13. Let's go back over to Philippians. We're going back to our main scripture. Philippians chapter four. Now we at verse 13, Okay. I want to go there. No, let's go back now to uh, nine. I want to read this to you in verse nine. Philippians chapter four, verse nine. Look what this is saying. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Did you hear what that just said to you? These things which you've learned. You're learning this from these last four weeks we've been here. Paul said, now, if you're learning them, receive it. And if you're receiving it and you hear it and you saw it, I'm telling you, it's in me. God delivered me with this scripture right here. In Philippians chapter four, verse seven, it said, be anxious anxious for nothing. I used to suffer from anxiety so bad, so bad. I thought, you know, anxiety will make you almost jump off a roof and kill yourself. And that's what the enemy wanted to do, because he knew once I got in Christ and I learned who I was in Christ Jesus, he wasn't gonna have that privilege anymore. So he fought me so many years on that, and just my mind would just be out of control. And I and oh, it's just I, I just thank God for His deliverance. His deliverance have just set me free and made me a different person. And then this scripture tells you, I. I, I I didn't know anybody that had been delivered from that, but I took it from me. I knew that scripture was for me. And they said because they was teaching on depression and I used to suffer from depression. When you when you've been a controller and you then you uh, come to Christ and they tell you, you know, you got to live in peace and you got to do this and you got to do that. So I'm trying to live the saved life. I didn't know how to do it. But I was learning. I was there to learn and pick up everything I can. I wanted to know about the Jesus that I had just given my life to. And there were so many things wrong with my behavior. My behavior was so ugly. But it was God, I'm telling you, it was the Holy Ghost working in my life to help me become the woman that I am today, along with, the Bible said that we're workers together with God. And my husband and God working together to help me become the woman that I am today. I truly thank God for the man of God that's in my life that have brought these potentials around and all the things that you see with his love and his kindness helped me to calm down and to just breathe and take a long look at myself. Is this the woman? My husband knew that I could be another woman with God working in me. And like you said, God changed me. He can do the same thing for you. And so I had to hear that. I had to believe that. But first of all, you got to realize there's something wrong with you. I didn't know that anything was wrong with me. I just knew I handled my business. That's it. But I I didn't know that there was anything wrong with my mind. I thought everybody did the same thing. But God is so faithful. He's so good. He gave me a secured mind. He secured my mind in him. The power, the strength of the life of Christ that I now lead is because of Christ working in me. The will to do of his the pleasure. And he's doing the same thing in you. He's working in you. If you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, God is at work in you, changing you from glory to glory. You don't have to try. See that trying? There's nothing in trying because we know every time we try to do something, we mess up. We train yourself. You're in training, excuse me, You're in training right now to be all that God have called you to be. So you just rest assured that God's going to work it out. He's going to get the glory out of your life. You just be submitted and you just obey the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you do it. Okay. And there's some things. uh, Last week, I I told you about some things, the, the five things that we looked at. Today, I want to give you, to to uh to seal off all of that, what we worked out down through these last four weeks, I want to give you a divine dissatisfaction. The one divine dissatisfaction that Paul had. And I looked at that, and I said, dissatisfaction? Paul had a dissatisfaction. He said that I wanted to know that which had come, uh, apprehended me. Paul was running after that. That that had apprehended him was the love of God. What could cause a person to lay down his life for you? Do you love somebody like that? So Paul was saying, now that I realized that the divine dissatisfaction is that he Christ was driven to lay down his life for us, that we can have a better life, that we can have right fellowship uh, with God, and that we have access back to God because we we didn't have any. But that we that he he said I'm dissatisfied. He said now that I realize what he did for me, I want to be able to do the same thing. So guess what? We died to our desires. We died to that stuff that keep on hindering us, that stuff that keep on getting in the way of Christ being all in all in your life. We need to put that aside. And Paul said in Philippians 3 and 12, he talked about that. Let's let's just go back to 3 and verse 12 and say, not that I have already obtained or am already perfect, but I press. that I lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of me with. That's what he was saying. That's that divine dissatisfaction in there. We need to begin to really understand that scripture and what Christ did for us. He loved us so much that he gave his life and we don't understand that type of love. See, because we're not willing to please. We're not willing to even just do it for peace sake. We, 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 we try to, you know, we go through all these changes. We won't even do it for peace sake. And Christ gave his life that we might have the right to the tree of eternity, the tree of life. And to just know God that he loved us so much that he gave his only son. Then how much more you should move us to do these things that he's asking us. We, we, he said, you, you're not going to resist the blood. I'm not asking you to give your blood. I would cry one person to give their blood and that was Jesus. But all we got to do is do do a denial of the things that's killing us anyway. Okay, and this, this is another scripture here. The, the first one is the divine dissatisfaction. Paul was after that. He was after that which had apprehended him. And in two, it said devotion. But this one thing I do know, he was pressing toward that. Gosh, I got to find out about this love, this love that has gripped me and caused me to want to change. This love. How could you love somebody so much that you die? That's what Christ is trying to form in us. The love of, I, I don't know, we'll ever get it. That was a divine love from God. Three, direction. Philippians 3, forgetting those things. We got to forget that junk that was behind us. We got to forget that old life where you thought you were somebody when you was nothing. Oh, we, I used to have everybody, you don't even know me. Well, I really didn't know me either. And how messed up we are before we come to Christ. Divine dissatisfaction, devotion, okay, three direction. And for determination, we press toward the mark. We press toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Determination. It's going to take determination. If Christ can give his life for us, we can be determined that we're going to follow after Christ with everything we've got. And all Christ is asking us to do. It's to submit yourself to God and resist the devil. That's all. I mean, just believe in who he is. It's your faith in God that the devil is after. He don't want you to believe at any time that God is who he say he is. He's after that. He's after that one thing, your faith. He's after your faith. Don't give it up. If Christ can give up his life, don't give up your faith. And the truth of His word that will help us to get there. The truth of His word will make us free. I'm telling you, the word has power in it. It's effective. They have the ability to change. And five, that that five things: divine dissatisfaction, direction, devotion, determination, and discipline. Let us therefore, as many, let's go to Rome. Let's go to uh, Philippians three fifteen. That's what that says. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already obtained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of one mind, knowing God got us We got the mind of Christ. Remind yourself of what mind you got. You don't have a wandering mind. You don't have a mixed up mind. You don't have a crazy mind. You got the mind of Christ. You got the mind of Christ. That's my favorite scripture. Corinthians 2.16. I have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. And God says, let this mind be in you. You got to do it. You got to let this mind, the single mind, The submitted mind, the spiritual mind, the secured mind and be determined, be disciplined, be disciplined in your behavior toward God and obeying the scriptures. Come on. Come on, people of God. We can do this. This is not too hard. Paul says, forgetting those things that were behind you. Why is it that when we get in Christ and we've been in him some? Some a few years, we want to look back at what we did and not think it was that bad when it was choking the life out of us. We'll say that we'll try to believe that lie we tell ourselves. Oh wow, you know, I, I, you know, um, it was fun. Oh no, it was fun. We had some fun, some fun. Half of the fun we was doing was killing us, but we'll say it was fun, and we 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 had a good time doing some of that junk back there. But what what I'm saying to you right now is forget that stuff back there because it was killing us. It was taking our life. We didn't have we didn't have the promises that we have over on this side. Okay, come on. We got to get busy about the things of God. We got to we got to do like Paul be be uh uh uh, uh try to comprehend uh comprehend what Paul had. We got to go after that. Comprehend that, as that comprehended us, that love of God. We got to go after that kind of love. It's in the scriptures right there to tell us how to get there. He went on in four. After he gave you all of this in three, and one, and two, and three, then he tells you over in four. Now love these people that I put right here. Love them, just love them, work with them, and that's what God is telling us. This is how you begin to do that. This is how you're training up. That's what I'm putting in you I employ you he said in verse four he go he goes in telling us what to do I implore you have the same have one mind and what mind was that I'm gonna be submitted to the things of God I'm gonna be committed to the things of God I'm gonna be determined to be obey the scriptures I'm going to be disciplined enough to take the scriptures as mine and learn them that I might wear them. I might have them and fix them in my heart like, like David said. Hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against God. Come on. That's what we got to do. Hide the word. When you put it in your mind, then it gets down in your heart. Then you obey it. And you keep obeying it until it becomes part of your life. It becomes natural. It becomes a part of who you are. You can tell your mind, no, not today, buddy. You're going to settle down and be still. You're going to have one mind. You ain't going to be all over the place. Okay? So if you have questions, if you want to ask questions, I'm opening it up for those that have questions. Anybody in our listening audience, I I can answer any questions that you have for today because that's all I have for you. How do you be anxious for nothing? How do you be anxious for nothing? The Bible said with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. Whatever it is that you're anxious about, go to God. Talk to God about it. God, this is, you know, we get anxious because we really don't know what to do because a lot of times we wouldn't even stop to ask God when we're anxious about something. we just go on and do it the best way we think that's going to work out for us and then the jump come out all wrong. But you be anxious, If You keep doing that enough times and you see it didn't work. You'll be running to God with your situation. I have, a, I have a situation that's coming up on me next month. And I've gone to God. I've talked to God about it. Okay, God, I really don't know what to do. But I'm giving this to you and I'm going to leave it to you. And so the peace comes that I don't keep thinking about it and thinking about it and trying to fix it or trying to do something about it but I'm going to wait on God in the situation. Waiting on God means to just sit there and don't do nothing and and hold your face. No, God, I'm going to praise you in the midst of it until I get clarity on how to do this thing, okay? Be anxious for nothing. I stop being anxious about anything. Time will help you. Situations will help you. The more you take stuff into your own hand and you forget to pray about it and give it to God, you'll see when it when it, it comes back messed up. You'll get tired of it being messed up and you'll go to God the moment you get it and give it to God. God, I know if I put my hands on this, it's going to be messed up. I'm giving it to you right now. I'm not going to even consider trying to do nothing about this situation. I'm going to wait on you. You got to show me the way out. And if he doesn't do it, the way. just wait on God. Don't do anything. Just wait on him to, and you'll have the peace about whatever it is that you put before God. There'll be a peace and a calm. You won't be, you know, I'm going to be like, oh, well, however God working out, you know, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to just give him praise for what he's doing. I'm giving him glory for what he's doing. So if there's any more questions or anything that you'd like for me to look into the scriptures about what we have, Talked about in these last four weeks, I'm here. Otherwise, I'm going to be going off the air. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to give God glory for you. And you know, just I just ask if you've been getting anything out of these podcasts or these meetings every Wednesday, the Bible study, that you tell your friends that we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on um, Periscope. I don't even know. I don't know if we're on Twitter or not. So but we we're here and we would like and if there's questions, you can at any time, you know, on a Sunday, give us your questions or leave your questions on the screen and we'll get back with you. But I just thank God for all that he's doing. And even in our Monday night broadcast with uh, Pastor uh, Kennedy and uh, his wife, they're doing an excellent job. Will God show us progress progress as we're we're waiting? Yes, you look for God, you look for him. You look for the, even if you don't understand, how do we begin to love those who are hard to love? A lot of times people are hard to love. You, You can keep your distance and do whatever's necessary to do without getting involved. That was another question. And it's that along the way, as you ask God for a different situation, you'll realize that you got such a peace about it that questions won't even come up whether or not he's answering. Because I tell you this from my years of experience in God, the way he deals with me, if I put something before God and he has not answered it yet, as I would like to answer like right out in front of my face and I can't see it. Then I get a piece about it. And, it and it's like, it's not a, it's not a problem or it's not a weight on me or it's not a, um, a bothersome because I figured if he, if I don't have it by now, it's not for me right now. If I don't have it, it's not for me and I'm going to wait on God to do whatever it did. I did. And then when the answer come and it's not the way that I thought it should be, I'll have a piece about it and I feel, Oh, that's the way you did that. Man, I wasn't looking for it to come like that, you know. In that question, It said, "Will God give us a, a, a state like in stages?" When I saw God deal with my husband, He didn't just do it overnight. It was a progression. It was a process. The things I asked Him came in progressive stages. And when you're dealing with unlovable people, you keep showing yourself they shouldn't be allowed to dictate to you how you're going to act if they're hard to love and if you find it real difficult for the people that you're trying to love you back up you just back up and you do a little bit less and a little bit less but you don't keep putting yourself out there for them to bite you the bible said don't keep casting your pearls towards swines don't do that but if they're hard to love you just don't let them dictate to you how are you going to act with their nastiness? No, nothing should move you from what you believe or how you treat a situation. We need to constantly allow God to be uh have preeminence in our life with how at whatever situation comes up. We shouldn't let that thing change us just because they had to love. I, I showed them my love and they keep fighting my hand. Now I am keep the no, I'm not telling you to do that. But you do, you, you, you make yourself real scarce in that person's life. But you don't let it change you or make you angry or change your behavior toward them just because they act the ugly or they are the love. You got to really ask God to settle you, God, I know who I am. And I'm not gonna allow them to me just cause me this because they nasty or they hard to love to change who I am toward them. You just do it less. And then you know you remove yourself, back away from that situation. Well, God doesn't tell us to become rugrats in any situation. So, Father God, I thank you for the questions. I thank you for your uh, your listening audience. I thank you for being out there listening. I just give God glory for what He's doing in my life and in your life. I'm glad about. It. I'm happy for you. I'm just so, just so at peace with myself right about now and what God is doing in me. And so Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your people everywhere. I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you for them listening. I thank you for them taking our time to just be a part of who you've allowed us to be in these podcasts in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray now for our governor. I pray for our president. I pray for the House of Representatives. And all those that has to do with making the decisions that govern this country. I pray that you would give them insight. I pray that you would, oh God, cause them in this next election coming up. Whatever man that you choose or woman that you choose to become president, Lord God, that we will uphold them with with the power of prayer. We pray for them now in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would give them what to do and how to do it, that we may live here peaceably with all men. We thank you, oh God, for all that you're doing, how you're bringing us out of this pandemic, how how the Holy Spirit is walking us through every day, every area, oh God, in the name of Jesus. I pray the protection upon the body of Christ and your people that are out there working to support Oh, God, the the hospitals and the stores that we still have to, oh, God, go into. I thank you, oh, God, for your loving kindness toward us. I thank you that it's better than life, the life that we had chosen for ourselves before you stepped in to redeem us from the hand of the enemy. I thank you, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, for showing us what life could really be like in the name of Jesus. In these last days, oh, God. Present, oh God, let the spirit of the living God just walk up and down in the earth, drawing your people from every corner, every hole that they dug for themselves, bringing them out, showing them how it could be with life. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you, I praise you. And I pray for every mind, oh God, that don't know you, oh God, that you will cause them to know you in such a way that a situation or a circumstance that would draw them in to know or to come running saying, what must I do to be saved? In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you for who you are and what you're doing in the earth. We just give you all glory and honor now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I love you. See you next week.